Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Do not be discouraged, for you will not suffer disgrace. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and the disgrace of your widowhood will remember no more. For your Maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is His name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth He is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like the wife of a man's youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing wrath, for a moment I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, just as I swore that the waters of Noah would never again go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you, for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I had a lot of time to listen to music, not just by itself, but sort of to drown out all the noises of kids running up and down halls in the hotel and people going to and fro and trying to get laundry done and take things in and take things out. And and so I listened to a lot of music and I had one song that sort of stuck. And it actually reminded me of God's words from Isaiah. The people in Isaiah have been facing very difficult times. They've been exiled. They're on the run. They don't know where to go next. And they're finally returning. And God compares Himself to being the bride of His people Israel. The husband of the people of Israel. Israel is His bride. And he says that he has shunned them, he has turned them away, that he rebuked them in a moment of anger, and he says, no more. No more, because for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And so... When I was listening to all of the music I was listening to, I heard a song by Firefall. Just remember I love you. And the words struck me and they reminded me of this because they sang when it all goes crazy and the thrill is gone, when the days get rainy and the nights get long, when you get that feeling you were born to lose, Staring at your ceiling, feeling the blues. When there's so much trouble that you want to cry. When your love has crumbled and you don't know why. When your hopes are fading and they can't be found. 
Dreams have left you waiting. Friends have let you down. When the blues come calling at the break of dawn, when the rain keeps falling but the rainbow's gone, when you feel like crying but the tears won't come, then your dreams are dying when you're on the run. You know, I heard those words. And it reminded me of the people in exile. It reminded me of the people trying to find their home. They've been through so much. They were on the run. Their dreams were dying. Their hope was dashed against the stones. Everything had gone wrong and they started to wonder if God even still cared. But just as God comes through Isaiah and says, I will be with you. Remember my covenant. Just remember I love you. And it'll be all right. Just remember I love you more than I can say. Just remember I love you. Maybe all your blues will wash away. And I know I've heard those words time and time and time again. That I've heard that song many times. But this time it said something different to me. It reminded me of these words in Isaiah because so often when we get into hard times, when things start to get difficult, we start to wonder, is God still there? Is God still waiting on us? Is God still there with all of that love and all of that hope? Does God still care? And maybe it's just for a moment and maybe it's for longer. Sometimes it depends on how hard things are. If we're just having a rough day or if we're having a rough year or if we have had a rough go of it for more years than we care to count. Do we remember that we are loved? Do we remember that we are cared for? Do we remember that we're never alone? God says that it's like the days of Noah when he swore that the waters would never come up again, that he would never again destroy the people in that way, and that he put the rainbow as a covenant between him and the people, that he would see the rainbow, and no, he should never do that again, and that he has promised the people he wouldn't do that again, and that we see the rainbow, and we are reminded that God has decided we are worth it. But never again. Will He wipe the earth clean? Because He has faith in us. And so it's like that. That covenant that He made and said, I won't wipe the earth clean because I have faith in you. Then He comes forward and says, I know that I made this covenant that we would be one, that you would be my people and I would be your God. 
And in a moment of anger, things didn't go right. We see time and again the people of Israel turned away from God. They would turn to idols. They would turn to money. They would turn to each other and think, these are things must be more important than God. God won't care. God's got plenty of things to worry about. He won't care if I love something more than Him. And the people stopped caring. And then they wondered why all these things were happening and they thought, oh, well, maybe God has abandoned us. Really what God's saying is, in my anger, I let you turn away from me and I didn't stop you from turning away. See, God never turns away from us. God never gives up on us. Sometimes we just don't want anything to do with God. We decide maybe it's too hard. And God has given us a hard task. When we think about this love, we know that God loves us. And that we are to love God. And we think of that covenant so often as a two-way thing. That there's God and there's us and as long as we love God and God loves us then everything's okay. But part of the problem is that we made a three-way covenant with God. That God will love us and we will love God And that God will love His people and we are to love His people as well. And that's the part that starts to get hard. It's the part that seems to stump people. When Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor, they say, well, who is my neighbor? You know, Jesus never really answers He gives us an example of what it is to be a good neighbor. But he tells us to love. Love God with every fiber of your being, your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. All of you should love God. And you know, some of us do that so well. Some of us do it so well, we go, I have loved God with everything in me. I'm good. I got it set. I remember that God loves me. I love God. We are done. We can call it a night. Let's all go take a nap. But then there comes in that love your neighbor. Not just love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And do it when you remember that God loves you. That if God's steadfast love shall not depart from us, that His covenant of peace shall not be removed, 
It's not just between us. It's between God and all of God's children. Which means we have to find ways that we can love even those people who don't love us. That we can find ways that we can show our love and keep this covenant. This wonderful love that God has given freely to us. Because I know I don't deserve it. I know without a doubt I don't deserve it. But I accept it. Because I know that if God can love me, God can love anybody. And if I can accept that love in my heart and truly feel it and live it, then I must be able to love everybody. But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Trying to keep our end of this covenant up is the hard part. But I found we can ask ourselves something. And I highly encourage you to do this. The next time you come across somebody that you just disagree with, everything they say, you feel like they are saying the opposite of what you believe, that it seems like everything they do is just to get on your nerves and you can't understand why they would ever say any of the things they say. Before you walk away and just write them off and shake your head and go, I don't want anything to do with this. God can love them. I'm going to love them from way over here. Ask yourself this question. What does God love about this person? Too often we catch ourselves in a trap and we ask ourselves, does God love this person? And we try to figure that question out. But if we assume that God is willing to love us and is willing to love all of creation, that God must be willing to love that person we are arguing with, those persons that we have our disagreements with. So if we come to it and we say, well, what does God love about this person? We look at things through new eyes. We aren't looking through things from our point of view with, our perspective of knowing what we know to be so right and so wrong, that we start looking for the good in people. Because somewhere in there, there's got to be some good. I have never met anyone in my life that had no good in them at all. Sometimes it felt like it. And sometimes it was buried deep, deep, deep down in there. Drilled into a little tiny corner of their heart. Buried under a whole pile of garbage. There was that little, little bit down in there. But you know, if that little bit's down in there. that little bit's down in there and God is sitting there saying to them turn to me and I will help you come to me and I will make you whole 
even with all of those flaws and even with all of those problems, I can help you. Oh gosh, if God is willing to take that leap of faith and say that He will help them, that He will do whatever He can to help them, that we know the price that He paid for each and every one of us, that He sent His Son to walk this earth with human feet, to touch things with human hands, to see things with human eyes, to feel with a human heart. To suffer in a human body. That He died on the cross that we could be forgiven. That He suffered and died and He rose again. That we could conquer death and we could conquer sin and we could be free. God's willing to do all of that For each and every one of us. Then surely God can help me. With a kind word. That maybe. Just maybe. That kind word. Will burrow down in. Deep, deep, deep. And find that little bit of light. Desperate to get out. And desperate to see the world. And desperate to open up their heart even more. That maybe God will help us to find that one kind word they need to hear. That will open up their lives. That will open them up to a loving Savior. That will open them up to a God who has said... I won't rebuke you. I won't forget you. Remember that I love you. So often we think about these big things that need to be done. And we forget that some of those big things start with the smallest of actions. And it may just be finding that good And those people that God knows there's good in. But even when it's hard, and even when everything seems to be pointing to say, no, you can't. That we remember that hope we have in Jesus Christ. And we say, yes, I can Because I do remember that God loves me. And if I can remember that God loves me, I can spread the news to all those that are willing to hear that God loves them. And if God loves them, then in the end, in the end, it'll be all right. Because in the end, Love conquers all. In the end, it is love that unites us. It is love that brings us together. It is love that connects us to God. It is love that connects us to each other. It is love that lifts us up that we may lift up our God even higher. And it is that love of God that drives us 
to bring all of God's children back to our God in love, in patience, in kindness, in mercy. That if God can love even me, then what a wondrous love must be out there for all of God's children. Amen.